Hey, my Travel Wins podcast today, I'm lucky to have Phoebe Morochek. I said that right? You did. That was amazing. Ah, excellent. <laughs> How are you today, Phoebe? I'm great. I'm excited to be here and to have this conversation. That's excellent. Phoebe, is, you're, you're an entrepreneur in the truest sense, I guess. You have the, the podcast of Unbecoming. Mm-hmm. But then you're also helping people in other ways. What kind of give us your background if you can? Yeah, so I my background's really in marketing. I had a marketing agency for a little while for a couple years, um, helping online entrepreneurs with their paid ad strategies, helping them with launches and funnels, and then decided that once I actually got into some of the bigger brands and some into the bigger businesses, I just realized that what I think people are missing is a real different mindset and how they approach their business. So strategic mindset. How are you, how do you figure out who you are and why you're doing what you're doing and what you're actually putting out into the world? So I am a business coach, marketing strategist, podcaster. Um, Those are really, that, those are the lanes that I love to play in. What are the lanes you don't love to play in? Sorry? (laughs) What are the lanes that you don't like to play in? Oh gosh. Man, those are good ones. I, a lot, a lot of things that I don't want to be doing that I've actually like given up, which is great. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't like the agents. I mean, having an agency was awesome, but it's a lot of work. I don't, you know, I don't want yeah. a huge, huge team. That's not part of my vision for myself. <laughs> I, I hear you. That's the, that's to me, that's the beauty of podcasting. You get to make it Absolutely. as big as you want. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. It, I know. Um, you know, we were talking previously, you know, Lewis House's uh, team is like, I think, four people. Yep. Maybe, I think, four. I mean, not, I think, huge. yeah, I think it's creating a business around, you know, to insert your business into your life, not your life into your business. And that is what, tra- I mean, specifically travel, right? I think not enough people get to travel because they're waiting for a day when their business looks like this or when their life looks like that. And what they don't realize is that you actually can create a business that fits and fuels the lifestyle that you actually want to have. Sure. I think that's the, the, the power of technology right now with, you know, just having a computer and internet and smartphones and all that. Absolutely. Just access, access yeah. to everything, information, people, uh, places. Yeah. It's, we're at a really, really interesting time at the moment which is fun to help people kind of step into that more. And what does that look like? And do you want a team of 20 or 200 or do you want a team of two? Right. So kind of helping people like figure out what their life looks like, who they are, and then moving forward to like, how do we create a business to support that? Well, you know, and it's like, it's like uh, I, I tell people, if you wanted to be on the radio 20 years ago, heck 10 years ago, you had to know people, you had to be in the business, you had to grease grease palms, you had to do all that stuff, and you had to be part of CBS or NBC or any some of the big networks. Now, you're going to have to start a podcast and have a show tomorrow and, and be out there for free, and you know what I mean? Absolutely. But did you know, I read that uh, Podfade, I've been reading all these articles because I have been helping a couple of people that I know start their podcast, grow their podcast, monetize their podcast, and one of the statistics I read was that uh, pod fade, which is when you stop podcasting, it yeah. often happens for the majority of people after the seventh episode. It's like, wow. So even though the barrier to entry is quite low and you anyone can start a podcast, right, which is awesome, and I think there's so much power in that, 
to help you, whoever the you is, like get your, you know, amplify your voice and, and put more of you into the world, but you got to stick with it. <laughs> and it's not just like an overnight thing, which you and I both know. You, yeah. know, you don't just like turn on your microphone and you're instantly famous. So <laughs> that's and, and my strategic side coming out. Yeah. That's because I, I read about the pod day too, and it's just it blew me. I actually was telling my wife, I go, I, I couldn't believe. I don't know, I'm just not geared that way. I, like, you, you're, yeah. I think episode fifty one or fifty two. I'm actually on eighty six, eighty seven, but on my previous show, we got to like one one twenty. So, I just I could podcast all day. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's weird. I, I don't know. It's too, too, for me, it was too much work to start and then just quit. Totally. <laughs> it's like, right. hold on, I just, I just figured it all out. What am I quitting for? Yeah, well, and I committed to, I was like, I will do 52 weeks, one year, and I will reevaluate after a year and see what I think. Yeah. And I got to 52 and was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love this. I can't imagine not doing it. It's so fun. I did the exact same thing. Yeah. It was just May. It was just in May, a month ago, that that uh, I hit that that twelve month threshold and went, wow, this is cool. This is working out. <laughs> That's awesome. I I uh, just encourage people to like set a time, set a date, and then reevaluate. But get there and be consistent and yeah. put out great content. Yeah, and, and it, it gets better. My my, mm-hmm. my still my my number one listen to episode. I haven't listened to since the day we recorded it. <laughs> I, I hate it. Because it was, it was the first one. So it's like if right. you go to my website or, or, or go to my uh, podcast page, it comes up first so people listen to it. And I'm like, God, I want to delete it so bad. Well, you know, somebody told me when I first got started. So I started about three and a half years ago. And on my first episode, one of my friends who is a seasoned podcaster, he said, you know, it takes really like 20 to 25 episodes to really find your footing, to start to sound a little bit more natural. And I'll be honest, it took me 60. I mean, it took me so long. I just couldn't turn off this like show tunes voice. That's what I called it. It was like, <laughs> you know, it just was terrible. And I'm like, why do I sound like that? And we'd stop recording and then I'd sound normal. I'm like, I don't know why I do that. I just, it was, you know, almost a little bit for show and whatever. So when I started my show, my solo show, it was just easy and seamless from the start. But yeah, those first couple are like, I mean, they're brutal. <laughs> really terrible. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, the interesting part I, I found about your, your show is obviously it's uplifting in every sense of the word. Mm. And then the, the other thing I like about podcasting is I get to meet great people. And now you just had an experience in the last month or so. Yeah. Where you yeah. got to meet idols, you know, or heroes, I mean, however you want to call it. Yeah, that's been the best. I mean, obviously, you get to meet all these amazing people. And then, yeah. yeah, I had been, you know, one of my friends encouraged me, like, who would be a total Hail Mary for you? And with the World Women's World Cup uh, coming up, right, I was like, oh, my gosh, this totally in alignment. Um, and so at the end of last year, I started to write to Mia Hamm's team. And so it's Mia Hamm, Christine Lilly, and Tish Venturini. So for any soccer players, they would definitely know those three names. And Mia yeah. Hamm, for sure. Um, but three of my like absolute idols since I was eight and we went back and forth for about six months and they finally said yes. And you know, when I look at why they said yes, it, I believe it was because there was this really cool intersection of I'm a former division one college soccer player 
So that I had that. I'm a podcaster, so I have a platform, and the Women's World Cup is coming up. And then the fourth part of that is they want to promote their soccer academy. And so I just put myself in the way and said, I can actually help you do that. Right. And then I ended up flying to Atlanta and getting an in-person interview with three of them. And I just, I mean, it was like the coolest experience ever um, getting to meet them. And just now having them in my world is really um not something I ever, you know, no, no one ever tells you about that when you start, but just to, to keep at it and to throw out a couple Hail Marys because in the right circumstance, if you can offer value to somebody, why would they not take you up on that? So that was I, I've really done cool. I, I haven't met, I won't even say his name, but there, there's a couple of people I, I've reached out to that would be my Hail Marys. Yeah. You know, and, and I figured, you know what? Can't hurt. Totally. And stick with it. Right. I think persistence, like just, I set little boomerang reminders that were like, if they didn't, you know, if I didn't hear from them in two weeks, I would write them again and not to be annoying, but just to continue to add value and you'll get them for sure. I have faith. So so let me ask you this, this, this travel question. Yeah. How nervous and how much sleep did you lose before you're, you're flying to Atlanta (laughs) trips? Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, I had to make a decision that was like, am I going to go, you know, nerves and excitement are the same feelings and sensations in the body. And so am I going to choose being excited or am I going to choose being nervous? And I kind of chose both. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think the nerves kind of chose me a little bit more, but I mean, that whole flight, I just, I was, I mean, I was telling everybody <laughs> as I was like, in the airport, I'm like, I'm going to interview Mia Hamm. And they're like, what? Some people were like, who's that? Which was really you know, personally yeah. offensive. Um, <laughs> um, but I mean, God, I like, I don't think I slept that night. I was just, and either the night before or the night after, I was like, this, I can't believe it's over. And then I can't believe I'm getting to do this. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so did you have to pack up all your equipment or did you, did you have a, a studio that you went to? No, I packed up all my equipment. And to be honest, I've only ever done one, that I've hosted one other um, in-person recording on my current show. And so I just had to, you know, the fake it till you make it. I had to pretend like this is what I do and that I travel around the world, you know, which isn't out of interview because I do interview people. It's just normally virtually. And so I ended up um, having, there was somebody here in Austin who I put out um, a, you know, a post in one of these communities and said, does anyone have two microphones I could borrow? Because I only have two. And, like two good ones. I have a yeah. whole bunch, but two like really good ones. And so um, I packed it all up and brought it with me in my carry-on because I was not about to lose it <laughs> in check yeah. baggage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just imagine like since it, you're, it's not something you don't do on the reg and it's people that you're completely enamored with, I'd be nervous making sure that you have all the cables and the cords and the powers and the box <laughs> and the mics and the mic stands and I mean, I think I double, I, I think I double checked everything about a hundred times because I was like, you know, clothes don't matter. I can get yeah. clothes if I need, yeah. you know, if I forget something, but microphones and mic stands and all the equipment, as you said, and I brought, I actually um, had just gotten a new mixer and I didn't want to play around with getting, you know, what if it didn't work or what if I didn't know how to use it? So I brought my, I have a massive one. And so, I mean, my bag <laughs> to get it into the overhead was, I mean, it was, 
it probably was 50 pounds. It was so heavy. I couldn't lift it over my head. So I had to ask some very strong looking gentleman to help me. And he was like, Oh my God, what is in here? I'm about to interview Mia Ham. And he's like, Oh great. You know, so <laughs> I felt like a celebrity for like 24 hours. It was awesome. <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. <laughs> Now you you've lived internationally and all that. Kind of, mm-hmm. what what has caused you to to make the moves? Yeah. So um, when I was a freshman in college, this is kind of a little bit of backstory, but um, my dad actually passed away really suddenly, and it was just a moment for me that was like, I mean, what I said to myself in that moment was, "Do what you want and do it now." And I realized being a college athlete you weren't allowed to study abroad. And that was something that I had looked forward to for so long. And so I just walked in one day and I quit on the spot and everyone was like, wait, what? I'm like, well, I have to, traveling is just, it's been a part of my life, a part of my family, uh, my whole life. Like it was just always, you, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big thing to go on an excursion An excursion could be around the corner. It could be to a, to a park or whatever, but it was always, Travel was always part of the conversation, and so I ended up going and um, studying abroad in Florence, which was amazing, and then um, going to Manchester for another like summer program, and then what really hooked me was I did a semester at sea, which is, I don't if you don't know it, it's a, it used to be a program through the University of Virginia, and you basically live on a cruise ship for four months, and you sail around oh, wow. the world taking classes like college level classes from professors at Harvard to, you know, community colleges. It was incredible. And so we went to, I think it's 12 countries in four months. And that for me just opened my eyes to a a way of living that I'd never experienced and having moments with people with complete strangers. And so I knew in that moment that I was, I would get back overseas somehow. And so um, kind of fast forward through a corporate job I worked at a hedge fund in New York and just hated my life and I'm not meant to be in finance (laughs) which you know of course I thought I was living the dream and it was terrible Um, and then I just again quit my job on the spot and bought a one-way ticket to Taiwan because I didn't know anyone who had ever been there and I didn't know anything about it and I thought I want to go somewhere where no one has been that I know of and so I showed up in Taiwan with my suitcase, my two suitcases, and was like, well, here goes nothing. Let's see what happens. And I had just started a master's program from BU, and so I could do it from anywhere. And I was like, well, I'm going to do this, and I think my English is pretty good, (laughs) so let's try teaching English. And, I mean, I had gotten a certification and all that, but taught English and then did a whole big traveling excursion uh, and then found myself in Beijing with a job, a three-month contract, and stayed for three years. Loved it. Just loved being over there and wanted to, you know, I'm a problem solver by nature, as I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs are. And I just couldn't figure it out. And so I was like, well, I'm going to stay here until I figure it out. Well, three years later, I never figured it out. (laughs) Such (laughs) a fun, crazy, kooky, like really confusing and perfect, uh, amazingly beautiful and historic place. And so... Yeah, I went from, from there, did a motorcycle trip through Europe. What was supposed to be a around-the-world motorcycle trip turned into a three-month motorcycle trip, which is amazing, and uh, found myself living then in London for a couple for 
six months, I think, with the visa, and then Berlin, and then kind of made my way home. So it's a very long answer, but has spent a lot of time overseas, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I guess the, the question I was going to ask you with that, which is perfect, is with everything that you've seen around the world, do you think that's made it easier for you to kind of relate to more people through your, you know, you've, you've got your podcasting? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes and no, right? I think yes in that I can talk to anybody. I could talk to a brick wall. My family will tell you that. And, <laughs> and that is, I think, is like a great skill. <laughs> I don't know many people that can do that. And so I love that about myself. But there's another part of that when I came home that was really challenging. And, you know, everyone talks about reverse culture shock. And, you know, I kind of rolled my eyes at that. But when I moved to San Francisco um, three and a half years ago, it was actually, to be honest, I moved to San Diego originally. And my conversations when I got to San Diego, which I had moved there sight unseen, just thought everyone says great things about it. And when I told people I was moving from Berlin, I got one of two questions. One was, oh, is that in Oklahoma? Or is that in whatever, yeah. you know, insert random state here? And then the second question or the second comment was, wow, your English is really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should be. Yeah. Um, uh, it was just, so that made it really hard to relate to people. You know, when I was like, your life, your problems, you know, and, and I even yeah. now have to check myself. I'm like, yeah, you know, first world problems, like, great. Your hairdryer is broken. Like there are people starving in the world. So I have to continue to, you know, and not be on my high horse about it. So it's a really delicate balance, I think. Well, it's, like you're saying, it's, it's a lot of it's just a matter of perspective. If you've never totally. seen, you know, like you and you've even seen a good part of the states, being from Virginia and then San Francisco and San Diego and now, now Texas, uh, mm-hmm. that's that's left, right, and middle. <laughs> Everyone, you know, when I tell people, because a lot of the people here in Austin, I just moved here in January, and a lot of people are like, wow, you, you know, you're from D.C. and then you moved all the way to San Francisco. <laughs> like, Okay. All right. We're just going to keep the conversation there, you know, because it is hard also, I find, to when you're living, you know, I lived overseas for seven years. And in those conversations, the conversations about travel are so much different, right? It's like, yeah, of course, you just go to Thailand for the weekend. You know, it's not it's not a thing. And so I had to I actually had a great friend of mine who said to me, I just want to reflect back to you that sometimes you come off a little pretentious in your stories because you're talking about, you know, you're talking about this microfinance bank you worked at. And I was like, right, but I'm trying to, in my defense, I was trying to create context. It would be different if I worked at a microfinance bank in San Francisco than it would, like much different than it would the one that I worked at in Cambodia. It's a totally different, and and for me to tell you that I was eating beetles with my colleagues (laughs) wouldn't, you know, it doesn't translate if I, you know, unless I give you context. So it's, Yeah. I mean, that I think is a huge struggle for me as I, you know, tell my story or talk about, you know, some of the adventures that I've been on to not sound like, you know, a jerk. (laughs) And that's not, of course, my intention, but it's, I do have to to consider that all all the time, really. I I think that's, at least the way I look at it, more jealousy to a certain Mm. extent. You know, my, my daughter, who's 24 now, she's been to Iceland, you know, England, all around the States, I had a layover in Russia, 
and her friend, her college roommate was from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Mm. So she went there for a summer, you know, and stayed at, the, her, at her roommate's parents' house for free. And it was nothing. She did the same thing. It was like, oh, we're going to go to Bangkok today. You know, or we're going to, you know, we're going to, I forget all the places they went when they were there. But it was like, they just went out. Yeah. That's, and I mean, I tell my, I have like, you know, older nieces and whatnot. And they're in college and getting out of college. And I'm like, if I could tell you one thing, it is to travel. That is like always my advice because in those moments of loneliness, sitting on a plane or a train (laughs) and, you know, reading a book with all these people that don't speak your language, like that is when you really find out what you're made of. And I mean, I've had so many meltdowns in random countries where nobody can understand what I'm saying, you know, and, but that's like part of it. And in the moment it feels so hard. And then you're like, this is going to be hilarious (laughs) when I tell you that I actually couldn't get into Mozambique because I didn't have a visa that, you know, on a broken down train or on a broken down um, little truck, like some little truck. It's just like the randomest stories, but that's what makes life so colorful. And that's what makes your stories so much more fun. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. How how cool was that uh, motorcycle? Oh my gosh. I mean, it was exactly if I could give you a visual, like if you're going through the Alps, right, it's like the highs and the lows. That was the trip for me. It was like really high highs and then really, really deep lows. <laughs> um, I mean, I had never, I had never really been camping. And so we started off the trip doing 10 days of wild camping in Norway, which was amazing until your hair start you know any any women listening to this or men with long hair will understand I mean my hair was dreading I was freezing cold I mean so some of the, like the low lows but again you know how hard is your life when you're yeah. in a, bathing in a fjord you know it's a freezing but it's beautiful and um, that trip for me was I mean just so epic and so beautiful and I talk about that trip all the time I think about it all the time that, that, I think that's the, the, the beauty of, you know, for me, I travel for work mainly. And so, mm-hmm. like, I've been in 38 states. And I, I, for me, I just like meeting and talking to all the other people. From different, I mean, you go to North Dakota, South Dakota, totally different than Texas and Oklahoma and Louisiana. You know, even back east, it's all, you know, everyone's so different. That's, that's oh my what gosh, they have. I really enjoy about it. I, I'm actually envious of your 36 states, I, I, I have not actually been to that many uh, places in the U.S. And so that's kind of on my list at the moment. But I can't imagine what and who you must have seen <laughs> in 38 states. That sounds amazing. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and I, I, I need to hit the Northeast. Mm. I haven't had any reason to go there in all my work experiences. Um, so you need I, to get some good podcast guests <laughs> right? to invite you over there. I, I, I'll go there just just to go there. I want to. I think the last date I'll see is Alaska, just because it's so yeah. out there and remote. Yeah, I would so. love to do an Alaskan cruise. That's on my list of things. There you go. We'll see. Now you, you do a, do um. Yeah, I always look at like podcasting is such an interesting platform that only mm-hmm. people understand. There'd be no reason for me to talk to professional football players, other than. I have a business travel podcast. Totally. Yeah. Basketball players to everybody. I mean, anybody that travels for work, I, I, I at least have an excuse to talk to them. Yep. 
those whether it's musicians or entertainers or actors or whatever. Right, and that's yeah. I mean the beauty of a lot of what I've kind of created in my own business is where do I want to go and how do I bring people there? You know, I was mm-hmm. I was like I love drinking wine and I love my clients. How do I how do I combine those two? And so we ended up doing a retreat in Sonoma. Um, you know, in wine country, we we actually you know to be really honest, I was trying to scope out Austin. And so I brought my clients here last year before I moved and was like, well, this is great. I can, I can write it off. And also I get to explore the city and see if it's somewhere I want to, I want to live next. And so to combine the two, right. It's like, where do you want to go? Who do you want to go with? And how can I make that happen? And, you know, if it's a write off, even better. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Legitimate, right. I mean, that's all of my, not all, but most of my, my travel has been, for business expenses. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, and they're like, oh, it's kind of interesting because a lot of office people are like, oh, you're so lucky. Mm-hmm. And I go, I'm not lucky. I just, just do it. If you yeah. really want that job, go apply. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. I mean, my, my job in Beijing was at the UN and I, I mean, that was a total Hail Mary for me. I was like, I'll never, how am I going to get a job at the United Nations? I'm, I think 24, 23, 24 at that time. I was like, God, that, I mean, that would be so much fun. And forgot, I mean, forgot that I had even submitted it. We we did a bunch of interviews and stuff like that, but I was like all over the place. I was actually living in Tanzania at the time. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the the internet was terrible. So I had to go to the Hilton to get Wi-Fi and do these interviews. And I just was like, there's no way. But if I hadn't been persistent, right. And like, you interview with people and you just, I mean, I, they were asking me questions like, have you written speeches for people? Yep. How do I know? I had never written a speech exactly. before, but, <laughs> and but then you, I like, you could. I, I mean, I was like, you know, I, I'm a good writer, I think. So, um, I, I don't know. I think I can. And, you know, Thomas the train, but I just, I showed up there and was immediately writing speeches for the head of the UN in Beijing. It was like, Oh God, <laughs> who knows? Like, I think I'm okay, but um, it's exactly like you said. If you don't apply or you don't, you don't throw a couple of those Hail Marys out, you never know. And they might be looking for the exact person that you are or the exact skills that you have or the experience that you have. And if you don't apply and you don't create that, right? Like I get that all the time, the luck. You're so lucky. I wish I could do that. Well, then go and do it. Make it yeah. happen, you know? So, I, I kind of got a a, a, a complete curveball because growing, I have two daughters, mm-hmm. and when they were going into college, you know, you, the dad, you know, you can do whatever you want in life, you know, you can just apply, da da da. And so my daughter's favorite band was Thirty Seconds to Mars, mm-hmm. and uh, Jared Leto's the singer, and so mm-hmm. they had put on their Facebook page that they were looking for an intern for social media, and my my daughter. I just graduated high school, never had a job. Uh, I'd I let her be an athlete in high school. She was played lacrosse and, and soccer. And I'm like, all right. So I, she goes, do you think I should apply? And I go, fuck, why not? Yeah. You know, worst case scenario, you get to tell all your friends, you you got to, you apply for a job with 30 seconds to Mars. Mm-hmm. So she applies. She goes, oh my God, they want to interview me. <laughs> do you think I should go? I go, well, yeah. I go, worst case scenario, you get to say you applied at, at, you know, for Jared's company. Mm-hmm. She goes, okay. 
So she goes and applies. She gets the job. Oh, my gosh. First job she's ever had in her life. That's so, what she's doing. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. So she's, she, so she's doing two days a week in Jared's office, helping out with all the, the platforms, you know, posting all that. And then she was about a, uh, nine months in, and they asked her to go on tour when they opened oh, up for Lincoln Park. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, like, dying for her. I just think that is so – that's so cool. And what I really want to acknowledge is just the way that, you know, you were so – supportive of that process because I know a lot of parents right it's I mean my mom fell into this a lot where when I when I was living overseas she's like right like when are you coming home and all this and I was like well I'm I'm not I'm I thought I was I was sure I was just gonna stay in Europe forever um and so I just had to like break the news to her one day and she was like oh that makes me so sad or something I was like mom you pushed me to travel so much she goes yeah but I always thought you'd come home (laughs) and I was like right but I'm so grateful that she was someone like you, which is like, go and travel and do the, you know, do what you want, see the sites. Cause I think people wait for a time in their life, you know, obviously retirement or whatever, before they actually go and do the things that they really want to do. And when you're, I mean, when you don't have the responsibilities of, you know, everything, uh, everything. Yeah. yeah. Go do the things you want to do. And, um, you know, and make it happen. And showing up in Taiwan, I had a job in four days. And I like, just because they needed a teacher. And, you know, I was like, well, I'll set up five interviews. And I think I got three of them, you know, and it was just making it happen. But also having the support of your family and friends is so important. And then just doing whatever it is that you want to do anyway, regardless of <laughs> if you have that support or not is really important. But the thing it did for me as the parent on the other end, when, when I started thinking about the podcast, you know, I still have my full-time job. Mm-hmm. And it was like, because in my head, the the 40 plus years of self-doubt of why would anyone want to talk to me? Why would these people want to talk to me? I went back to my, to my daughter and went, mm-hmm. here I am telling her, do it, do it, do it, do it but now I wasn't taking my own advice. Mm-hmm. So now that I've started the podcast and people are saying yes, that I'm like, why would you say yes to being on my show? Yeah. It's the same thing. And every, all of her friends are like, oh, she's so lucky. Mm-hmm. I go, no, she, she applied. She, she didn't think she, you know what I mean? Totally. And I think that's, I mean, it's just such an important point, right? It's like, if we talk to ourselves the way that we would want to talk to our kids or do talk to our kids, I mean, I just think we would be so much further along yeah. in life, right? And just so much happier, right? Because we are just so hard on ourselves. And, you know, this is all I ever talk about, which is so important. It's like if we just could give ourselves permission to go after whatever it is we want. And, I mean, I have a crippling fear of failure. It's And I've loosened the reins a little bit, but my whole life was like, well, I can't fail. And I, if I fail, I can't let anybody see it. And right. what what kind of life is that? You know, we should all be failing all the time. And if we're not, then we're not living a really cool life. And even if your daughter hadn't gotten that job, like just the courage that it took to do that and the confidence that I'm sure she would have gotten, you know, a little bit of doubt, self-doubt would have crept in, but she would have applied that to something else. And you never know, but she got it. And that's awesome. <laughs> that's so exciting for her. 
Well, and then, so what it did for her was, and she had some other jobs in between while she was in college, but her last internship, because I kept telling her, I go, look, hit these, like you were saying, hit these internships now while you don't have bills, mm-hmm. you know, so you can, you, you can do two or three days a week or whatever. So she applied and she was um, a, um, a personal assistant for Kim Kardashian. What? And yeah, oh, yeah, for six months. I go, I go, I'm one of the, I, I, Kim, Kim saved me money. Because she didn't have to take an extra class or uh, last semester, wow. she got college credit for working for for Kim. So I'm like, she saved me money. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. I think that should be a whole episode in itself for you, or just a Facebook Live or whatever, just talking about this. Because I just I find it really inspiring when I see. I mean, anyone doesn't matter the age, where you're from, whatever, taking really scary action and getting what you want, right? And I just think that's really that's really cool, really impactful for a lot of people. Yeah, and like I said, it, it's and I've, I've told her I said, you know, she's one of the things she's actually helped me with my podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's, she's very smart with the, the computers and recording and all that. But I said, um, you know, how, how could I sit there and say I can't do it when I just told my daughters to do it, and when they did it, look what happened. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I mean, you know. I, I told her, well, so her first job out of college, um, she doesn't work there anymore, but um, so she had to quit the, the the Kim's internship because she was she could no longer be an intern. Um, they called her a week after she graduated college and said, are you still looking for a job? She said, yeah. She said, well, Chloe's looking for a full-time paid assistant. So for the last year and a half, she worked for Chloe. Wow. And I can say it now because she, she, her last day was in February. Oh, right. I'm but, like, um, you should have gotten them on your show. <laughs> that yeah. would have been an interesting conversation. Well, see, and that's, I, I always told my daughters, I go, I would never do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to convert, try and convert, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, because there are definitely levels of stardom. Mm-hmm. And they're at the absolute highest. So, yeah, it's just, no. Wow. I, I, my daughter saw saw several people that she worked with get fired for doing things that weren't part of their job. Yeah. You know, I mean, posting, I think posting pictures that you're not supposed to post and doing stuff oh like that. God. Yeah, it's. I mean, when your show blows up more than it already has, they're going to be begging you to come on the show. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to have uh-huh. a whole full circle moment. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait to be there and be like, I've been on his show, too. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I get to go, hey, my wife's going, who are you talking to? I go, oh, they interviewed me and him. What? <laughs> what? I know. And I'll be like, I know. How cool is that? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty fun. <laughs> How are you enjoying Austin? I'm loving Austin. It was just such a good move for me. Um Moving to San, or San Francisco, well, from I was only in San Diego for about a month, um, and so I ended up going to San Francisco. And, I, I mean, San Francisco for me was like it. It was like the most beautiful place I'd ever seen. Everything where I lived was just amazing. Did um, you live in the city? I lived right smack in the middle of the city, right by the Presidio and Pacific Heights. Loved it. Um, and then just realized how much I was traveling. I mean, for work all it was like work play whatever it's all the same for me but um I was traveling I mean at least two times a month I was like what is going on why am I not if I love the city so much 
Well, and one of my friends did say that. He was like, for someone who loves the city so much, you travel an awful lot. I was like, yeah, why is that? And I just realized that my community was actually not in San Francisco. My community was all over the country. So I was, I was attending a million events and whatever, which was awesome. But if what I really want is a local community, then I've got to go somewhere where I can find that. And that for me has been Austin. And so I'm starting a new show. I mean, just life has changed since January a lot for me, which is really exciting and have more projects than I wanted and, you know, the right <laughs> projects. It's just, it's really, it's amazing what happens when you go, you know, when you follow your inter- intuition and like go where the people are. So I wanted to be around this community and it's definitely paid off for me for sure. I think it's interesting because, you know, because you traveled so much, it wasn't a big deal for you to get up and move. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I I, I know people that, that still live in the same city that we grew up in. They've never left. And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> I know, and I, I have a lot, like, I have to really check myself not to have judgment around that because I have a lot of, you know, for example, high school friends that grew up in D.C., so it's a great city, but I just, and my family, you know, a bunch of my family um, still lives there. It's just, it's just not for me as a city, and also I think there's something internally that's like, well, I grew up there, so I wouldn't live there, even though I love it, and I love going back to D.C., but I... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a huge move for me. And so, I mean, I packed up my whole place in San Francisco, and this is the first time I've ever moved things. Like I've never I've always just <laughs> yeah. sold everything and taken two big suitcases and like wherever I find myself, that's where I will be. And <laughs> to actually you actually like, have furniture and Oh god, I mean, it was just complicated and was the box going to arrive? I'm like, I don't care. There's nothing in there that I really need. So if it doesn't arrive or it gets rained on or something, then like, it's fine. I'm pretty, like pretty laid back as far as that goes. I bring the important stuff with me, which is like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to say my memories, but like, yeah, my memories and also my computer and, you know, important things that I have, but I have to say it was kind of nice to have to get in and like not have to buy everything again and just have it all. It feels like my San Francisco apartment moved to Austin, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. I always tell people, for me, like, San Francisco is a great place to visit. Mm-hmm. I, I used to work right off uh, 3rd Army. I lived in oh, Alameda, yeah. and I worked in the city. And I, I didn't like working in the city. Mm-hmm. I, I hated the bridge. I, I, I went on the Bay Bridge every day of my life. And <laughs> it was just a nightmare. Yeah, well, when you – so I worked for myself, and so it was just like – I was at coffee shops. I was overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge all the time. I was on walks in nature. Like, it was so beautiful. But what I really had to ask myself is, is, you know, the reality better, equal, or worse than the dream? And when I really got down to it, I was like, you know what? It's actually not what I was hoping it was going to be as far as, like, what I wanted my life to look like. So I gave myself 48 hours, and I was like, I've got to make a decision. Am I going to stay here and shut up or am I going to make a change? And I was like, okay, I'm making a change. And that came in the first like two hours. And then I was like 48 hours, where am I going? And Europe was like calling me and I'm like, all right, I'm going to make a pit stop in Austin, (laughs) see what happens. 
And, you know, everything was calling me to Austin and then got here and was like, okay, yeah, I think I can put off Europe probably. I don't know how long, who knows? Everything changes in my life really fast. But um, Austin was a great move for me. I'll have to get you some cowboy boots so you can fit in over there. I know. I, I mean, all my friends, it's so funny, in, in China, I mean, the majority of my friends were either English or Irish. And the fact that I live in Texas right now is like the biggest joke for all my friends. They all, like we're in a text chain and they all laugh like Phoebe lives in Texas. Oh, my God. Of all the places, we never thought you would go to like the heart of the south of like the U.S. And I'm like, I know. I can't believe it. But Austin's <laughs> a cool town, though. It's totally, it's totally different, you know, but if you don't, if you're not from the U S or you've never been here, you wouldn't know that. They just think, yeah, yeah, that I'm in my cowboy hat with my big hair and my cowboy boots, you know, um, dosy doing around town. And that is just like, not the reality, unfortunately. Well, I can (laughs) make, I I can help you out with the boots. That's what I do for a living. So. I mean, yeah, I would love some boots. That would be awesome. (laughs) Cause I, I'm the, I, I sell Western clothing. That's amazing. So I work for uh, two two companies that make Western clothing and boots. And so I sell to all the retail stores in California and Hawaii. Oh, my and, gosh. And so I have a, a chain called Boot Barn. Okay. And they actually have 40, I think 48 or 49 stores in Texas alone. But they have 237 stores nationwide. And, uh, oh, my gosh. That's what's caused me to travel. So when they open up a new store, I have to go and help set up the store and then train the salespeople that are going to be working there. Well, you have just made my day. (laughs) 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 That is so great. I did not know that. (laughs) That's amazing. So everyone says the same thing. They're like, hold on, you you sell Western clothing in Hawaii? And they go, yeah, I have a store in Kauai. I just opened up this uh, last month. I have a store in the Big Island. I have a store in Maui. And I have a store in Oahu. That's awesome. That's really cool. My wife, my wife's always available when I have to go visit those stores for some I reason. I bet she. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing what happens. Yeah. So, it, it's interesting. The um, that's kind of where I, I I met a lot of people in the Western industry. You know, singers, a lot of the cowboys, and uh, they all travel for their work. So it's been it was a good start. I love that. That's so, what a fun, fun fact. I did not know that. And now I'm going to have to look up if you guys have, do you have any, can you order them online? Can I get them here in Austin? Well, you'd be better off financially to to pick out online and then call me up and, and, and order it for me. <laughs> yeah, I will <laughs> say no more. <laughs> unless, you, unless you want to pay full retail. No, thank you. <laughs> I've heard boots are expensive. I don't know. They they can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most expensive boots we sell are in the eight nine hundred dollar range, um, but they have custom boots. You can you can spend five ten grand on them. Yeah, that's a. I've heard thousands. I'm like, wow. All right. I mean, let's start with like the, you know, a couple hundred. That's cool. <laughs> we'll see what exactly. happens. Exactly. We'll see what the rea- the reaction I get, and then and then we'll make a decision after that. <laughs> Well, the, the the cool thing is, you know, like like for us, we we provide shorties, and and some more more of the I call them boutique or boutique fashion pieces instead of just oh, the yeah. tr- and we sell the true Western cowboy cowgirl, you know, I'm riding a horse boots as well, but and women's it's a lot more fashion. Yeah, 
Oh, that's awesome. That's exciting. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I guess I'm going to be spending a lot of money that I didn't expect. Great. Good thing I love my clients. <laughs> Saving you money. Exactly. Totally. Thank you. Good totally salesman. <laughs> well, I, I, I always tell people I, I make no money off my friends ever. Oh, sell, that's nice. I, I sell at my cost. And if, if, so I, I, cause I, yeah, that's just kind of weird. So I, I know what the cost to make. That's the best. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've ever really, but like, because most of our products are made in China and India. Um, yeah. We we don't go to the cheaper factories like in Cambodia and some of the other places that are really, really don't pay their employees. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what stuff costs to make, and it's I, I hate shopping now. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I mean, some of these, especially in San Francisco, when I would go to Chinatown. Because I yeah. I was, I mean, I would say when I left, I was pretty decent with my Mandarin. And so I toyed with the idea of getting a tutor in San Francisco because there there's a huge Chinese population. Yeah. And um, I, so I ended up not doing that. But I was like, I'm going to just go and sit in, you know, in some of the shops and some of the restaurants and see what I can, what I can pick up and retain and maybe I can order and whatnot. And just going into some of the shops, it was like, wait. Or restaurants. I mean, some of the food, I'm like, $15. No way. <laughs> I know how much that, you know, I used to pay yeah. 25 cents for that. Like, come on. So I, and I also got like great negotiating skills from the Chinese market. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I can, oh, I've gotten so much stuff, so much free stuff. And I mean, when I got back, I started negotiating with a cab or with an Uber driver. And I totally, I was like, He's like, all right. And I was like, how much do you think this ride's going to be? He's like, well, I don't know. Look at your app. And I'm like, I'll give you 10. And he was like, what? No, that's not how this works. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I totally forgot. Like, I was just in. So anytime anyone needs negotiation on price or whatever, I'm like, let me at him. I can, <laughs> I can handle it because that's, it's in my blood now. I think three years in Chinese markets was, was a lot of practice. I was pretty good. Well, I've heard um... – in, in like Morocco and some, they almost consider it an insult if you don't haggle with them. Oh, totally. I mean that they, yeah. they fully expect you to negotiate, and when you don't, they think it's an insult almost. I mean, I think. Or you're so just the, stupid. Yeah, that's what I, I was gonna say. I think they also are like, all right, just you know, foreigner, <laughs> you're yeah. dumb. You don't I'm know sure. that you know this pashmina scarf. You could really get it, you know, for like four dollars, but. I'm going to sell it to you for 20. And, uh, you know, I would, I would get into conversations because I would forget that there was the conversion rate. So I'd be negotiating on, you know, in, in quiet. And so I would have, um, you know, some of my friends be like, Phoebe, you're getting all worked up over five cents. (laughs) Like just give it to them. And I'm like, Oh God, thank you. But it was on principle. Like, no, but I'll give you three. You know, it was like, just, <laughs> just I, I, I'll tell you, my, my the president of the company I work for, he goes to China a lot to see our factory and goes to India, and and he he's also a negotiator like that. And so yeah. I've gone out to garage sales with him. And this is a guy that makes a, a lot of money. Like he doesn't need to to save a quarter, and he'll go out to we'll go out to garage sales and he's like, ah, I give you a buck fifty for it. And the guy's like, no, it's ten, it's ten dollars. <laughs> Because that dollar fifty is what I see in it. 
And I go, I'll come down like eight. And he goes, God, you know, I'll give you two, mate. And he'll, he'll start negotiating for 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you know, do you make an hour? <laughs> you, just, you, you, you literally know, but, just wasted more time. <laughs> than, it's crazy. Totally. But if you're in a rush, you don't go to a Chinese market. You know, like, you. Know, <laughs> I think you start to learn that, like, it's just a game. And when yeah. my friends would come visit, they'd be like, oh, my God. Like, the people would be like, oh, my heart. Oh, my family can't eat. I'm like, you're not going to sell it to me unless you're making a profit. So yeah. I know that, you know, and then if you walk away and they chase you down, obviously, you know, that's that's the fun of it. And I think a lot of people hate that. And I just found so much joy in it. I mean, I would just go and, like, haggle for fun. <laughs> like, I'm like, do I need another shoe bag with embroidered whatever? No, but, you know. <laughs> do I want to practice my Chinese and do I want yeah. to like, play a game? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever excuse you want, Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had shoe bags for days for all my friends for Christmas when I would come home. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it helped me sleep at night. That's for sure. <laughs> that, that's it. You know, that's that's part of the travel, though, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's all the things you 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 wouldn't have learned being in DC. Totally. Yeah. Very cool. What's the best way for people to find you? So you can find me. So I have my show, Unbecoming, um, unbecomingpodcast.com is probably the easiest. It's the, um, the real like hub of what I do. And then I'm on Instagram all the time. I love Instagram. I share a lot about my life, what I'm doing, where I'm traveling, you know, projects that I'm working on, behind the scenes podcast stuff. Um, just a real insight into my life. And so that is at Phoebe Morocek. Hopefully that will be spelled somewhere that people can, <laughs> can <laughs> actually spell because it it's a little complicated. But, um, yeah, those are the two places that you can you can find me. And, yeah, I know you do because I tried to spell your name the other day. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I, I keep telling my daughters, I go, hurry up and get married. <laughs> well, I my mom was like with – because we have – so there are five girls and one boy, and we're like – you know, with our luck, we're going to name, I'm going to be the one to marry some guy with like, you know, Squawkrowski, whatever. And it's yeah. going to just be, <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to become a one name wonder. So just Phoebe. Just that Phoebe. Be. Yeah. See, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's my plan. Who's the other famous Phoebe's? There's Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates, but... Phoebe Snow is who I was named after. Um, okay. And Phoebe from Friends. Yeah, but that's a, that's a fictional character. It doesn't even count. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Phoebe Cates is older than me, so you're, you're good and she, there. And Phoebe Snow is dead, so. Yeah, you could, <laughs> so, be, you could be the go. Phoebe. I was like, Oprah, Ellen, and Phoebe. That's the plan. <laughs> Mia. And, and Mia, totally. I mean, you can even say Abby. I mean, I mean. Yep. Anyone in my world would know Abby, for sure. But Yeah. Some people would, you know, I don't know if it's like a, a known thing outside of the soccer world yet. Yeah, I guess. I mean, she, she definitely, the last World Cup, she, she got a lot of press. Totally. And she is, yeah, she is doing a lot of really cool stuff with her wife. Uh, Glennon, and I follow them all the time. So, yeah, she will become a bigger name, I think, uh, in the next couple of years for sure, based on what she's doing. But see, I like that. You got, you got Cher. Right, you got Adele. <laughs> I mean, now that you know, now that I'm putting it out there, I mean, I say it, 
you know, to my friends, but I don't really talk about that because it feels a little conceited. But that's just the way, that's the way I want my life to work is just Phoebe, you know, makes it easier. Oh, I'm gonna say, people are going to be like, who did you interview this week? I go, Phoebe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> About the, the Phoebe. <laughs> uh, and if anybody knows who that is, I'm going to die. That's like, that's my dream. That's awesome. Well, we just started it. <sighs> right here, right now, today. Thank you for that. Thank you for making that happen. Well, so now when I when I put up your name on my, my on my podcast website, it's just me, Phoebe. Yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I'll put it in quotations if you want. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. People will be like, "Oh, who's that? Well, you what? You don't know Phoebe? That's the conversation I want. That would be fun. Oh, oh, oh you're one of them. You don't know who she is. <laughs> yeah, where have you been living for the last, you know, thirty five years? See, I like it. We'll get it started. Perfect. Yeah. It doesn't compete with anybody. It doesn't. Wow. When, when did you make this realization? When did I make this realization? Is that what you said? That, that, yeah, that you want to be a, a one-name wonder. Like when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been <laughs> an embarrassingly long amount of time. But I've, I didn't know what that, you know, what I was going to be doing at that time, whatever. I've always known I wanted to be a talk show host. And so I was like, oh, the Phoebe show um, was always like in my oh. head as something. So then I've only really started to like think about it or talk about it in the last probably 10 years. I'm going to check something real quick. Give me, give me one second. Uh, are you going to buy the domain? <laughs> no one owns it. What? Phoebe? Yeah. No. Let me see. Comes up for a Flickr site. I'm sure I've written that person. (laughs) (laughs) Have you really? Oh, yeah. I like, like every couple years, because that person has had it, or she's had it for forever, but she doesn't post anything on there last time I checked, yeah. Comes up as a Flickr site. Exactly. I know. I need to. Thank you for the reminder. I will be emailing her today. (laughs) That's your your boomerang for the day. Exactly. Yes. All right. Well, I'll make sure that I I put your your website on there and and your Instagram. Make sure everyone can reach out to you that way. Awesome. Um, Thank you. So appreciate the time and and the stories, man. I feel like we could have talked longer about some of your, your travel stories. I know, and I kind of forgot that we weren't. I mean, we are just obviously chatting on the phone, but um, it's so great. And I'm, I've just heard your name pop up in conversations from a couple of my friends, and so I am, I'm just so grateful that you took the time to chat to me today. Thank you, and um, I'm really excited for just to have a new friend that yeah. loves travel as much as I do. So thank you. If you ever come into LA, or if I go back to Austin, and then. I know. I'll have to follow up with you on your boots. Yes. Yes. Gotta make you feel like an Austin person. That way you can go to the rodeo. <laughs> oh God, that is definitely on the list of things. I'm real quick. I'm starting a, a new um, a show called New to Austin, and it's all about being new here. And so that would be perfect if I had some boots and I could go through the process. That would be amazing. That'd Who do you really want to interview? Do you want to interview um, some cowboys? Oh my God, yes. 
I'm not going to say no to a cowboy for sure. <laughs> I make that happen. Oh, that's awesome. I'm happy I dropped that in there. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the, uh, the few people I do know. I, I, there's some, some, some singers I can get you in touch with, too. Well, that would be perfect because I'm on the live music episode working on that at the moment, actually. Hmm. Imagine that. Well, that is perfect. I, okay. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful. Yeah, and... That's that's the beauty of making new friends. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So I will stay in touch with you, Phoebe. Thank you. The Phoebe. <laughs> and uh, again, thank you again for all the time. I truly appreciate it. Any time. Thank you, Phoebe. Have a good day. You too. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye.